I really want to make it my mission to be like, trans people are people too. We're funny. We're, we're real people. We have, we have emotions and like, you know, just see us as real people. And I think by sharing my story, I've done that. And to go back to your question, I definitely did not think it was like just for me because it was for my audience too. Bitch, this is how it is. This is the realness of my transition. Welcome to the Boss Bay Podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, co-founder and president of Boss Babe. And speaking of peak performance, let me tell you what I'm sipping on right now because I'm enjoying my peak matcha latte. It's my afternoon pick-me-up, that little boost to get me through the afternoon meetings I'm really not looking forward to. You know, come on, we all have those, right? Let me tell you, it is as delicious tasting as it is mood boosting, energy giving, and performance enhancing. And I've been using Peak's Sun Goddess Matcha for some time because, in my opinion, it's the best on the market and I trust it. Because I don't know if you know this, I actually didn't, but not all matcha is created equal. So, for those of you who don't know, matcha has an amazing antioxidant powers, which is why it's good for digestion and skin. But it's only actually got those superpowers if you use good quality grades of matcha. And that's why I use and recommend Peak because it's organic, it's ceremonial grade, and it's quadruple toxin screened for purity. So it not only tastes the best, but you also get the most benefits from it. So I just want to give you that little afternoon hack, that little pick me up. And for a limited time only, Peak is actually offering an exclusive bundle for Boss Babe customers and listeners that includes their Sun Goddess Matcha, a glass beaker, along with two free premium bonus gifts. And that is a handheld frother and a recipe book, which gives you so many amazing ways to try matcha. And it's valued at $43. So if you want to start your matcha journey, it's a great place to start. And if you want to kind of mix up your matcha recipes a little bit, that recipe book is insane. It's so so, so good, like all the different ways that you can utilize it. So go to peaktea.com forward slash boss babe and use the code boss babe at checkout and you'll receive an additional 5% off this limited time bundle with gifts and the code actually applies site wide. So peak is spelled P-I-Q-U-E t.com forward slash boss babe and honestly don't even you don't even need to trust just my opinion on it if you go there you'll see 15,000 five-star reviews so you can give it a try and they also do a 30-day satisfaction guarantee as well so you can get your money back if you don't love it but I'm pretty sure you will so on to our episode today because we were joined by Gigi Lavazato Getty aka Gigi Gorgeous. Now, Gigi is a YouTube star, transgender activist, author, television personality, actress, model, and LGBTQ icon. She has nearly 8 million followers across her social platforms and almost half a billion views on her popular YouTube channel. Now, Gigi was gorgeous, really inside and out, and she opened up and shared her journey of starting her YouTube channel, sharing her transgender journey, and how she has faced bullies and harassment along the way. Now, this interview is one of my favorites. It was honest, it was empowering, and a reminder of the importance of not judging not assuming, 
but listening and learning and remembering to lead with love and kindness ultimately, especially on the internet. So I know you're going to learn a lot from this podcast episode with Gigi, as well as her sharing her story. She actually gave a ton of tips on growing online too. So I would love for you to share with us your favorite takeaways by tagging myself at Danielle Candy, tagging Natalie at I am Natalie and tagging at bossbabe.inc. So without further ado, let's dive in. So welcome, Gigi, to the Boss Bay Podcast. Oh my God, thanks for having me. We are so excited and I really want to kind of dive right in because I feel like podcasts are the place where you can really get to know somebody. And I want to start by saying, you know, lots of people um, put the highlight reel on social media. They put out what they want the world to see. And what I love about you and I feel I really admire is that you have shared not only parts of your life that are the highlights, but also the challenging times. And I really want to understand what motivates you, inspires you, what frankly gives you the courage to not only share parts of your life, but also the parts around your sexuality and your transition experience. Okay. That's loaded. I'm very excited. We're diving right in. I have a podcast myself. It's called Queerified. And I always feel like I kind of have to zhuzh up the person. We get a mission to go. I We're know. I'm like, okay, can we just get into it? Because I am so intrigued. So thank you for that. Thank you for giving me that space too. But I, okay. So I feel like I love a highlight reel. I totally get it. You know, I understand when people are just like, I'm just going to show the best parts of my relationship, the best parts of my life. When I'm looking my best, my most edited photos, like I totally relate with that. I love that. I love looking great online, but it wasn't really until I started sharing my transition and being like, Hey, I'm you know, I'm a trans girl. I really want to be called she, this is my new name. These are my pronouns that I was like, okay, I can't really go through this process and make it look easy because it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily such a glamorous thing to go through. So when I started going through it and developing inside and really showing what was inside outside, where I like to call it, my soul was seen to other people and people started referring to me as Gigi. I was welcomed in female spaces. I was, you know, seeing the world a lot differently that I didn't really expect. I had to film those things. I had to show those things because I had people on the flip side coming to me being like, hey, you know, I'm not going through this the same way that you're going through this, or these are my struggles. You know, I'm a kind of person that believes that Everybody has struggles in their life, no matter how great the highlight reel is, no matter how fabulous they look or make it seem that their life is, we all have struggles and they're not to be compared. They're just different. So yeah, I just really feel like it was like just showing my life, showing my truth. I'm not claiming to be the expert or anything, but it's just one of those things that you just have to keep real. And that's just what I, what I do. I feel like you're kind of saying that but also like really not acknowledging how amazing that actually is. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just have to do this. I'm like, but that is like incredible to be able, like I had this whole story on social media. Like um, our listeners know, I didn't even really, I had Facebook, but I didn't really start on even Instagram until 2017. And I had so much imposter syndrome about even sharing the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. So for me hearing that, I'm like, wow, like I feel like you're even downplaying this, like the strength that that takes. And 
I'm just like, was it those people that kept like, was it the followers that you already had? Because obviously I know you were an early adopter to YouTube. Was it the followers that you already had and these people reaching out to you kept you motivated or was it all for your, like, was it for yourself or for them? I'm curious. No, not all for myself. Not at all. No, I, I feel like if it was just for me, I would have really just like retreated. I would have been like, I'm a very, okay, so I'm an Aries Taurus cuss. Wait, I love that we just went to horoscopes. This is perfect. I'm, this, I'm this, so this stubborn. Question. Yeah, it's just, I'm the most stubborn person ever. I really am one of those people that it's like, if you tell me that I can't do something, I'll push like 20 times harder just because I want to prove you wrong. And I want to be like, you know, stick my nose up at you and be like, oh, I'm as stiff as a chip or what is it? Stick as a chip. I really feel that way. So I feel like for me, it was really about going against the grain. Like back in the day, I never really saw videos on like trans girls or like what I needed to do. It was really all in my real life. When I went to New York city for the first time, I met this girl named Amanda Lepore who is like this iconic, legendary trans girl. And I had known of her like from the internet and stuff like that. But when I met her, she was just so open to me. And she was like, you know, if you want to do this, you can, like nobody's going to stop you. And I just was like, oh my God, like that was my light bulb moment. I'm like, what the hell? Like I could be trans. I can really express how I am inside. And that was my mission right then and there. I was like, I want to really take away the fear from being trans. Like I literally have met so many parents. I've met so many of my friends' friends who maybe were off put by me. You know, their child likes me and like wants to come meet me or I'm at a party and my friends' friends are like, we don't really like F with trans people. I really want to make it my mission to be like, trans people are people too. We're funny. We're, we're real people. We have, we have emotions. And like, you know, just see us as real people. Mm. And I think by sharing my story, I've done that. And that's to go back to your question. I definitely did not think it was like just for me because it was for my audience too. I wanted Mm. to really lay it all out there so I could be like, you know, this is our story. Sorry, I keep wanting to swear. There's no rules on the podcast. Okay, amazing. I never know. I wanted to be like, bitch, this is how it is. This is the realness of my transition you know, like all the surgeries I've had, like just all of the family stuff, you know, my dad in my documentary, which is called This Is Everything, if anybody doesn't know, it really does like, you know, look at my whole entire transition. So my dad was a really personal thing for that. And it was like, if we're not going to show that, then what are we going to show? You know, the Mm -hmm. highlight reel, not in this story. I'm sorry. I love that. And I guess the way I meant when I was asking, like, you know, was it for you in the sense of like, did documenting it actually help you on the journey as well? You know, was it actually a very healing part of it? Or was it like, no, this is solely, you know, for other people? Oh, healing for sure. Beyond. I think seeing your life back, I mean, I'm sure you girls can relate as well, just from being in the game for a minute, seeing things that you said, like even a year ago, even like six months ago, it's like, it's, it gives you a fresh perspective. It, It really opens up your eyes. So I feel like when I started my transition, I had already been on YouTube. I had been doing makeup and hair and lifestyle and stuff. But when I fully said, I really am transgender, I was like, I'm going to start filming like every day because, and not really even uploading like all of it to YouTube, maybe like 50% I would share. But I was like, I really want to just keep this for me because I want to look back and like show my kids, you know, look back in like a year, like even if it is like 
you know, when we're just chilling at home with nothing to do, it's like, <laughs> want to watch me when I got my surgery or like, yeah. want to watch like this moment in time. It's just cool to see you grow. Even if it's as like silly as like, oh, what were we wearing back then? Or like, you know, like memories. It's like a, a visual scrapbook. And that's yeah. what I love. And you just reminded me actually, it's like my dad, like, basically back in the early 90s, won a video camera. You know, when like, it was like VCR, The camcorder. Yeah, yes. he, he won a camcorder, but it wasn't a small one, you guys. It was like, there's the BBC, the British Broadcasting in the UK. And like, if like you were filming, it was like, huge. No, it yeah, wasn't one of If those. you watch it on YouTube, you can imagine, right? It's this huge thing. He used to sit on his shoulder and film us as kids. And bear in mind, at this point, all camcorders are like this big. And my dad's filming us. Like he could have got a better one. <laughs> Could have got a better one, but he was either tight or just loved that people Loves would like free one. Us. Yeah, right. And like, yeah. but now I'm like, we used to watch those films back as kids, and like, it is like, and I think sometimes we've like lost sight of that. Like, it was not, you know, when nothing was going on social media at that point. It was for us and our memories. Mm-hmm. And I think you just like highlighting that. Like, I actually recorded it for some myself, and I wouldn't even put some of that stuff on. Like, I actually want to get back into the habit of just creating memories for me versus like always to put on display but you know if I'm following you on your um YouTube account as well what I really think is really amazing is how you've really opened up the conversation like you really make people comfortable in asking and being inquisitive to your journey and like you say when family members maybe have someone that close to them that's going through it I think you've really helped that you know what was perhaps was a barrier to the conversation, I really feel like you've helped open that up so people can say, okay, how can I go about talking to my family with this? Or how, what is that journey even look like? And how can I do my own research? Because before this was really hard. Imagine like when you started deciding, mm-hmm. this is hard to find information, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And thank you for saying that. That was really sweet. I, I feel like it literally, it, it all happened so fast for me. Like I never really even thought like, oh, there's really nobody making these videos on YouTube because before I knew it, like my life had picked up so much Mm -hmm. that I was really like, okay, so people ask me all the time, how am I so open? How am I so like willing to share stuff online? I feel like it kind of just blended the two, my real life. When I started figuring out who I was, I was traveling a lot. And before I knew it, it was like, I knew I was trans. And then it was like, whoa, am I ready to tell everyone online? What were the timelines in that? I was 19. So it was 10 years ago. And I was like, wow, the moment I found out I was 19 and I was like, I really have to make this happen, but am I going to let everybody know? And it was like, kind of like this really like intense, probably the most serious other than my family relationship that I had Mm. back then was to my subscribers, to my supporters. And it was like, how am I going to break this to them? Because it felt like I had like lied to them for a while because I had told them, you know, I don't want to be a girl. I'm really, that's not my life. It's whatever. But it was, turns out. So it was just one of those things where I just had to be like, okay, let's do this. And every single day I was learning something. It was never really like the same or easy. So I wasn't really thinking about what to share with, with my regular friends in real life, but I would vlog and I would, you know, kind of just live my life, as I like to say. And I I don't want to downplay it, like you said earlier, but it really kind of was just like living my life and whatever would, would be shared little by little would be shared little by little. And I would just like build upon it. 
if that makes sense. No, it, it really does. It really makes sense. And I think that, you know, everyone has their own challenges or things that they're going through. And, you know, people are going to relate to that part in so many different ways. Like it's just, you know, sometimes we start on this journey, like everyone has these pieces in their life that actually it's like, you know, for me, I can relate because mine was around my divorce. Like I felt like I was lying to my community when I didn't tell them early enough, like not early enough, but I didn't tell people initially when I was like separated because it was like, Oh, I'm Did not you like ready share to, the like, highlight reel and all that? Yeah, I was like having to process. Mm. And I think that's like a, a really interesting balance for influencers. And you when you're such an authentic person, like feeling like, hey, I want to share this, but also like I'm still really processing myself right now. And there's mm. other people involved, and I need to be like, you know, careful of everyone's opinions and what this was. And it's like there's just so much weight on that. So, you know, when you share that part around, like, I can only imagine like the juggle of like all of those timelines coming together to get actually get to the point where you're like, okay, now it's time to share this. Right. And like, as much as you think that it's strategic and I mean, of course, when I came out or when I did anything big or major, it was strategic, right? It was like, okay, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to share this today. But so much would like with something to do with a divorce. I mean, I can't relate, but I feel like that is something that is just very in the sand when you say it, you say it. With a transition, little things trickle throughout Mm -hmm. and people like pick up on it. I mean, I'm sure the same goes to a divorce as well. I mean, I don't know. People are very perceptive online. Oh, yeah. It's scary. So I I actually, (laughs) I don't know if I even stand by that statement. (laughs) But things just trickled through with my story. And it really was like one of those things where I really was deciding to live in my real life and kind of put that on hold. So I wasn't really looking online for tips and guides. I didn't see any, you know, like when I was, when I was on YouTube right in the beginning, there really weren't that many influencers. Like that wasn't really a thing. It was like beauty girls I would follow. It wasn't really like people like, hi, I'm gay. Hi, I'm trans. You know, this is how I came out. Really none of that. It was like a few people, but nothing that I really learned from. So I feel like in the trans community at least. So yeah, I would just live my real life and be like, okay, I'm feeding off of these people. And Amanda Lepore, like I said, was such a huge role model to me and meeting her and just having her say like, you can do this. You can live your dreams. I did it. I know so many people that have done it really was all I needed to hear. Isn't it incredible to think how much you've changed millions of people's lives through saying, you know what, this isn't just for me anymore. I'm going to share it. Do you ever stop and think about that? Literally all the time. Yeah. Do you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Like every now and then it hits you when you get probably the same with you, you get certain DMs and you're like, wow. Yes. That's when it really hits you. And I, in the harder days, you're like, this is why I'm doing it. Yes. Yes. It's literally that. I feel that basically every single day I feel, or like five times a week. (laughs) I feel like it's just all about like, sometimes it's words on a page. Sometimes you really don't get into it, but once you really feel that. And it's at least once a day, I feel that, that I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's so easy to go through the comments or go through people's feedback or whatever ratings, reviews, and just be like that one person really struck a nerve within me because they said something that I believe to be true. Or I feel was, I, I was insecure about that day. Right. I guarantee that most of the time it's mostly positive. You know, it's people yeah. are there who fuck with you. And that's why the negative and the trolls online, it could be so dangerous for someone's mental health because it really is, you need to pay no mind to that. 
And I'm such an advocate for literally just stepping away if you need to step away and really like picking that one comment or that one message, DM, email, whatever it is. And like being like, you know, we made a difference in this person's life. Yeah. And that's what we're choosing to focus on. And I love that you said, oh, that one comment got to me because I believe it to be true. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. Whenever someone's, you know, people can say the meanest things, but if you don't believe any of those things to be true, it doesn't necessarily affect you. But if you're insecure about something and someone points it out, that's where it really comes from. Yes. And like us just being women, mm-hmm. we are like naturally insecure creatures, Yep. you know, some more than others. And like, no matter how good your highlight reel is, no matter how fab you look, you can have those moments where you're like, shit, I feel terrible today. Yeah. And I need to be in front of the camera. It could be anything. It could be the littlest thing, you know? And it's all about just like overcoming that. And I feel like it's, but that's what also gives you such a thick skin. Like over time, like I've been called every name in the book so many times. I can't even tell you. So it's like a lot of the time it's like, oh, well, that person's going through something, you know, because I'm not going on their page or on anyone's Mm -hmm. page for that matter, leaving nasty stuff. So you just got to put it into perspective, I feel. And that's kind of something that helps me do that. Yeah. I think that's like really true that, you know, people who troll are people who have going through their own pains. Like, you know, if you're going to go to someone's page specifically to write hate, you're not in a great mental place yourself, but Mm -hmm. it's still so awful and horrible to receive. And I'm just curious, like, I would love you to go in a bit more detail around like your mental strength with coping with that, because I know there's going to be people listening and they've experienced that. They're sharing something that's close to their heart. They're going, you know, through something that an experience in their life that's not perhaps classed as the norm or is different. And then they get hate. And I mean, you get hate for any reason online every right now, reason. like any reason under the sun. So why do we even do this I shit know, anymore? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it really is crazy. But like, what are some things that you've done over the years that really have helped you practice mental strength? Okay. I think it really all is about like weighing out your life. Like I dealt with a parent um, who died way too early in my life. And for my life personally, I weigh that out. Like, is somebody calling me this, that, and the other online really, does it really compare to the pain and the hurt that I went through with that? And I think everybody has, to go back to what I said earlier, you can't really compare each other's struggles because you don't know someone's, you know, pain tolerance or withstanding of the pressure or anything like that. So I personally just compare it to that. And I usually don't really even get affected by things like that really anymore. It takes me at a really, really weak moment because I have experienced such pain. And I think everybody has, right? doesn't have to be a parent dying. It doesn't have to be a puppy dying. It doesn't have to be losing a job, whatever. Everybody goes through their own thing. So we're all really, really strong. And I think a lot of, a lot of people are, are stronger than they give themselves credit for. So you really just have to put it into perspective. And a lot of the time for me, mind over matter works really well. Like I just need to put things into perspective. And if you choose to be sad, you're going to be sad. But if you choose to be happy and really put energy into it, I know it's really hard. It's, it's way easier said than done, but it is possible. And I think that people just need to put that to the test sometimes because sometimes I listen to what I say and I'm like, it's impossible. You know, like I can't do this, but you really can. 
Like you really have all the tools that are there and you just need to really like put energy into it. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting, and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. Not to sound like so spiritual, but you really no, do it. It works. Yeah. I think intention is everything. You know, I think I think you're quite right with saying that. And yeah, it's not always easy, but at least if you have intention, you're partway there. And then you can work on the other aspects. So, you know, we, we've talked about some of like, you know, the challenging sides of social media, but I'm really curious, what are some of the messages that you've had that have really touched your heart that you're like, oh my God, this is like why I keep doing what I do? Is there like ones that have really stood out to you on your journey? 100%. I feel like the ones that I get literally almost every single day are, oh my God, you know, you made me realize that I was trans mm-hmm. or I showed my parents your documentary when they were so against the entire LGBTQIA plus community. And it's just been so hard for us. We watched your documentary and they've been better since. They've been better with my new name. They've been better with my pronouns. And that was the whole goal with my documentary and my podcast. We take questions for people. So we literally get to literally answer to X, Y, and Z, the people. And that is literally so life-changing to me because if I had 
those tools to show my dad when I first started started transitioning, Mm -hmm. we would have saved so much time, girl. It would have been so much easier. I mean, he was just, he never really knew what trans was. Like I remember when I said to my dad, he was like, I actually knew a trans person. I used to golf with him, but now he's her. And I was like, okay, that's you know, that's an example, but it's not really in your life all the time, you know? So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, so I'm going to be your first then dad, right? Like we're really going to get to relearn each other. And just hearing that being like, so my dad kind of came around after watching your documentary. It's like, I know how that feels. I literally have been in that same place, you know? So anybody who really gets to like realize who they are or makes a big life decision and like, you kind of were along the way with them without even really knowing them face to face is so powerful and will never get old to me. Like that is beautiful. You know, it's like the internet can be a very crazy, hateful place, very dark place, but it can also just be the most bright, beautiful place if you make it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I choose to do most days. And especially when I get those messages on my phone right here. It <laughs> literally like just brings a tear to my eye and it's just, it's, it's like nothing else. It's surreal. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just so beautiful because like when someone's going through any change to be able to have almost like a resource, like it's there for resource. They don't have to agonize over the words of explaining it during that time in their life. They can like use something like you've created that supports that. Mm-hmm which is just making so many people's lives easier, easier for the person who wants to transition, but also the family to help them understand. So I think like, you know, the fact that pieces like this are being created now and that, like you say, were just not available. They weren't even being picked up by networks or anything like that. Yeah. And like now we're in, like for all the things that social media gets criticized about, you know, the ability to see different sides of opinions, to see that we might not all have the same feelings or ways that life can be, I think it's just really helped society. Mm-hmm. You know? And also to go back to what you were saying earlier a little bit, like seeing those documentaries or people that are just outspoken about their cause or their life in general, like with your divorce, like you said, like seeing that people make it it makes it seem okay to people. Like it's Mm -hmm. less scary. And in my community, there's a lot of asking, you know, what are your pronouns? You don't want to offend anybody. And I totally get that, you know, like for anybody that's watching or listening with a trans or gay or non-binary child, it can be intimidating because you have to explain it to your friends. You have to kind of relearn that, that process. And it can be intimidating. Sometimes like I wouldn't even want to go out to eat because I would be like, well, the waiter is going to say the wrong thing to me and it's going to be uncomfortable. And I'm going to be thinking about that the whole time. And it's not going to be enjoyable. Why would I go out to dinner? That's a what hour or two that I could just be at home safe in my space. And I want to just let people know that it is okay to ask. Like, I'm not like, you know, the voice for the entire community, but I can say that it makes you feel so much better when you just ask somebody what they are or what they identify as, what their pronouns are. Like it's in people's emails these days. My cousin is saying that everyone has to say their pronouns at school nowadays. Yeah. I, I, last dance class I went to, that was the, you had to go around and say your pronouns. It's like yeah. the norm now, yeah. right? So like even little things like that, it's like you can, even if you forget someone and you want to address them, be like, oh, so what are your pronouns again? Like 
it's fine. Just mm-hmm. don't do it in a malicious way. Like, don't be a bully, Yeah, you know, but yeah. it's okay to ask. And I think for a long time, my dad, his friends, my family were, were just really scared to mess up and it really affected our communication. So it's okay to ask. You would think I have friends from all over the communities, you know, every single letter in whatever, but I don't. Like, I have to ask too. Like, yeah. it's just being human. It's yeah. fine. You know, like, you're going to be fine. Just use your words, please. It's so much better than just assuming or just not saying it all. I love that. And I'm so glad you've said that because, like, even for me, just hearing that, I'm like, oh, I was wondering, is it okay to ask? So it's so good to hear that. And people want that, you know, like yeah. people coming out as non binary, they're like, I want to be called, referred to as them. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you're going to get some questions, you know, doing that, of course, you're going to get some questions and they're open to it. You mm-hmm. know, they want to teach you. They want to tell you who they are. Who doesn't, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like this is my name. Like call me by my name. Yeah. As long as you know, they know that they're safe and they're not being judged. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cause you could tell if it's in a malicious way, yeah, you know, totally. like yeah. you can tell. And I feel like also just having like people in the community's backs. Like if you have a trans friend and they're like maybe new to transitioning or they've, they've expressed to you, like, this is my name. These are my pronouns and your new friends, whatever. It is so important just to have their back at the end of the day, because sometimes you're not strong enough to, it's like, it's just like having a a friend that's not trans, you know, it's like, if they express to you one thing, and someone refers to them as something else or whatever, you have their back, yeah. right? Like as a friend. So if you get misgendered out in public, it's like, ah, uh-uh, no, I'm sorry. That's actually a woman. Next, yeah. you know, move on, Yeah, keep it moving and keep it positive and just no like, you know, confrontation or anything. And I feel like that's really easy for like allies to do. Mm, I, I love, love that. that, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Lunia. I was actually introduced to Lunia um, a few years ago by a friend of a friend and I actually introduced Danielle on her birthday and bought her some Lunia. So we are big fans over here and I want to give you a little bit of behind the scenes. So we have been doing a lot of shoot days lately in preparation for our brand new course, Influencer School. And they're not always our favorite days because we have to get all dressed up, full hair, makeup, jewelry, like really fancy on top. And that's not really our normal. We love the work from home vibe. So our secret is Lunia on the bottom. All right. So everything on the top looks so professional for filming, but Lunia on the bottom means that we still look really good, but the way Lunia is made is so comfortable. The pants are my favorite. That's what I actually gifted Danielle for her birthday. And you can look at any of our behind the scenes pictures. You'll see that's what we wear on the bottom on our shoot days. The way that the pants are made just feels so good and looks good. They're the kind of pants you can wear working from home, also taking the dog out, going on a walk. You really can wear them all over. So durable. Big, big fan. Lunia also has a line of sleepwear that's just as good. I have the silk cami and short set. Love them. I would wear them 24-7 if I could. (laughs) To be fair, I wear Lunia a lot of the time. I would say like twice a week at least. If you want to see what I'm talking about, you can pick up your own pair of Lunia pants for that looking good, but also feeling good on the bottom. So you can grab the link in the show notes and use the code 4 bossbabes at checkout for an exclusive discount. This episode is brought to you by Soul CBD. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you know I am truly obsessed. One thing I haven't talked to you about, though, is the alert capsules. 
So I'll do anything for extra productivity, you guys. I will truly do everything. So I make sure I have my sleep right. I make sure I drink a lot of water. I make sure I I manage my blood sugar. One thing that I've been adding into my routine, I would say once, twice a week, is the Soul CBD Alert capsules. So it really, really helps with mental clarity and focus, as well as giving you a sense of calm throughout the day. I've tried certain nootropics. And they give me like that weird jittery feeling as though I've drank a bunch of cups of coffee and it just doesn't feel good. I do not get that with Soul CBD Alert Capsules. I get a really good amount of focused energy without any of the jitters and without any of the crash. I am a big fan. So if you're looking to level up your productivity and tap into flow a little bit easier, I really recommend. Also make sure you grab some of the gummies while you're there because they will really, really help your sleep. I take them every single night. I'm obsessed. Um, I alternate between the gummies and the tinctures. I'm just generally a Soul CBD fan. So if you want to try it, you can use the code BOSSBABE15 at checkout and grab 15% off your order. And all the links you need are below in the show notes. So I want to talk about social media a little bit more because you started your YouTube channel in 2008, which we've spoken about a few times. And that is crazy. I I know, know, it really is, right? That is really early adoption. It is. What made you look at a video platform and be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start my blog on here. Like, I'm just like I'm just curious. I want to record my life. Super late to social media. Yeah, I'm always really intrigued by people who are like, yeah, I'm gonna jump on this. Particularly YouTube. That's freaking intimidating. It is. I mean, I was watching like makeup videos and stuff. And like, I really was, well, at the time I was a very, very bad little girl. I was stealing a lot from like the mall. I was (laughs) building my own collection. So I would shoplift quite a bit, which was terrible. Obviously don't anymore. If you're watching out there, please don't steal. It's just not cute. Um, But I would, you know, I would really express myself that way. So when I saw people online doing that, I was like, oh my God. And like a lot of these girls were like from like Nashville and they were like in high school. No one from Toronto, Canada, where I grew up. So I was like, wow, I really want to like be like them. Like they would put on red lipstick. So I would get my red lipstick. Is that thunder? Yes. How lucky are we? I just said it was about to rain. This is gorgeous. We never get thunder. You're excited about this? I'm British. We never get rain in LA. I I know, but I like that. I love a thunderstorm. You do? It's so cozy. It's so rare. That's because you've lived in America so long. I've only been here a year. I'm I'm Uh, like, I'm still like, oh no, it has to rain. 90 (laughs) degrees in October. Are you happy about that? Okay, yeah. I was ecstatic at the weekend. (laughs) You'll take a little thunderstorm. No, I need I need jacket, boots, everything. Oh my God. You know what yeah. that was? That was God being angry that I was stealing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. Uh, don't no, no, do no, that don't again. anymore, God, please. <laughs> but still bring the rain. Please, we love it. No, but as I was saying, so I would literally be like, I want to experiment with these girls, you know, online. And, you know, I had no idea that it would blossom into what it has now launching a movie on the platform and really sharing my life. But back then it was so innocent. You know, Mm -hmm. I grew up going to a Catholic high school uniform every single day. I would like change. I would buy, you guys know Aritzia, (laughs) the TNA yoga pants, super tight. I would get in trouble all the time for them because I would just wear like the girl's uniform and all that. So I really needed another way to express myself. Like I was literally every, like the only thing that really could be creative was my face. Mm -hmm. If you really think about it. And at the time I wasn't thinking about that. I just wanted to be pretty. 
Like I was like, let me put on this mascara because my friends do it. And also like, I want to be pretty too. So after I got out of high school and the uniform was in the past, thank God, I was still playing with it and I was still really curious about it. It wasn't just let's put on foundation to cover my skin and put on mascara. It was like, let's try this blue look. Let's try this out. And it really became this artistry thing. And I think that that was kind of just fuel to keep making videos because there was always something new to do. And I was always always a very creative kid. Like I would always spend after hours in my art class and I would always like skip gym. So you started (laughs) using it as like a creative outlet. Definitely. hundred percent. And I was always like taking photos of myself and photos of my friends. Like we would have little photo shoots. So I was like, I already have a digital camera and there was no, I mean, there were iPhones, but it was not cute enough to put online, like the quality. Were you intimidated by utilizing the camera and stuff at those points? So were you like, oh, I'm just going to give this a go? Because I also feel like in 2008, like YouTube was a bit more rough and ready. Like it was like, it was like shocked. You're right. You're right. I mean, I'm like kind of a perfectionist. So I would always need to be alone. You know, I'd Uh wait until my parents were out of the house. I grew up with two brothers, one older, one younger. So I'd be like, you guys have to stay up. I wouldn't tell them because my YouTube was like a secret for a while. I'd always be in my bedroom or in another room, door closed, lighting on. And I would just do my thing and then wrap up really fast and then go to my computer. So it was like, it was a creative outlet, but it was also just like something like a hobby, like for me to do. So how long did you keep it a secret for? And how many followers did you have or subscribers until they found out? I don't actually remember that, but I remember the day my mom, so my cousin, who's like five years younger than me, one of her friends at school saw that I was doing videos and told her, who told her mom, who told my mom and my mom. As if it was something bad or as if it was like. No, well, I don't know how they said it. I wasn't there. Probably, (laughs) honestly, they're probably like, wow, um, you guys need to call the doctor. (laughs) We need to, you know, put this kid in university, take away the camera. But I remember my mom came to me and she was like, I know what you're doing online. I saw your videos and I love the makeup. And that's all she said. Wow. So it was very supportive. And I just still kept it a secret. Like a lot of my friends at school didn't know. I had like one friend that would help me who's actually my co-host on my podcast now. Years and years and years later. Yeah, my literal longest friend ever. His name is Mark. We We go by Gigi and Mimi. Okay. Yeah. So love him to death. And he would help me with videos. Wasn't like hush hush or anything, but we just wouldn't really talk about it. And once it kind of blew up, everyone knew. Okay. Tell us about it blowing up. Everyone at school knew. I would get in trouble. It was ridiculous. So me and my friends would film like music videos, like for example, back in the day, day, day. Anybody? TikToking for TikTok. Right? <laughs> oh my God. And now TikTokers are like 12. <laughs> no, I. How I, old were you back when you were doing this? Ooh, maybe like 16. Okay. Or it. like 15, even. Yeah. So I was a competitive diver, a professional, like on my way to the Olympics. Wait, what? Yeah. So I quit that. And I quit that two years before the Olympics. So I was it. supposed to go and quit. And then I was kind of like got into my orientation and gender and all that. And I discovered YouTube. So I was very, very work oriented, right? So with diving, I would practice three hours a day, six nights a week, plus full-time school. So I was just always doing work, Mm -hmm. right? So I needed to put that creative outlet into something else. So yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't know when it happened, but there was this one time me and my friend filmed a music video and I had my shirt off in it. 
And my media teacher saw the video. It was to Ashanti's Only You. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> I mean, it's a great yeah. song. Isn't it? It reminds me song. of the Herbal Essences commercial because I think she did a deal with them. <laughs> and I think so. Oh my God. And it was like, only you can make me feel. And it was yeah. about shampoo. <laughs> we made that. And my media teacher, she was like, you cannot be posting this online. Got put me to the principal's office. It was just one of those things where it was like, this is my personal YouTube channel. Like that would never happen today. No, because I mean, what this is, it must have been like 2009, 2010. Or? Yeah, 2010 or like 11. But if you think about it, I mean, at that point we were being asked at school. I mean, we were actually probably in college at that point, but it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it was like doctors, lawyers, like right. plumbers, electricians. No one's saying YouTuber or blogger. Oh my no, God. There's no, like that little- that was not on there. Now- uh, At like Walmart, there's like influencer kits. I know. Like, like, wait, what? Eat, I did not know. I, I've seen it online. It's like literally like little packets with like a tripod and like a camera, and it's like, like I want to be an influencer or like, inf- like. I love that. Isn't it's that amazing? Big, that is amazing. I absolutely love it. It's such, like you were saying, for creative kids who might not necessarily yeah. be thinking I want to go the traditional route to have that creative outlet. I just think that's incredible. I also like my mom was a teacher and she was an art and dance teacher. And she always used to have this real challenge with the education system being so orientated around like math, science, and English. And if you weren't good at those, you weren't smart. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky because I was quotation marks academic, but my brother wasn't. He just had like so much more common sense than I did. He was just really practical, Mm. but he was like labeled as not being smart. And I think that's the same. Like my mom, like she would say, I've got these kids who are phenomenal, like doing art, like she's like never seen before. Yeah, they're being told they're not smart because they're getting like a C or a D in English. It's so ridiculous. And it's like the education system. I don't know if it's changed or not, but it didn't nurture creativity or difference. Like you say, we're all in the same uniforms. We were the same. You literally like mini clones for yourself. You're not allowed to express yourself in my school in any way, shape or form. Even putting mascara on was not. Yeah. I went to Catholic school too. Okay. I would have died. None of that. Right. I mean, no nail paint, nothing. See, we didn't have skirts allowed in ours because we had like clear staircases. Yeah. So I feel like that (laughs) would have been the only thing, but makeup was totally allowed. I feel like also in schools to go back to that, I don't know if it's changed either. I don't know. But they need to be teaching like financing in schools because so many people are just so bad with money. Yeah. I think they also need to teach self-love in schools. Like I really do because their mental health has made such a a leap to the forefront of people's like brains because of the pandemic and just social media in general. And like, even with them, like taking away likes on Instagram, if you mm-hmm. want, or I don't really know how that is. Cause some of my friends have likes on Instagram. Then you can just decide oh, right so. now. I don't. You don't I, have No. Much. Oh, did you have a Canadian account? Cause they took them off for a while. Oh, I don't maybe. know if that was it. Yeah, because Canada are... was like one of the trial countries where right. they actually took all of them off. But then now in America, I think you can it's opt. You can opt in or out. Me, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, things like that, I think they really need to teach people because it, you know, they teach math, but that doesn't make you good at money. I know. And they mm. teach science, but that doesn't make everyone's brains work the same way. So it's like they really need to have a self-love course because it's just so important. And that stays with you and it yeah. changes throughout your life, you know? Yeah. Wait, but I need to go back. So the Ashanti, the the, <laughs> the shirt off, what happened? You blew up. I need to know. So yeah, so it wasn't at that point necessarily that everyone was like, oh my God, there's a YouTube channel you need to see. I think it was pretty gradual. And 
at the end of high school, actually, I did like this um, reality show with my friends and like some of like the football players, like I'd be like, bring a change of clothes after school, we're filming. So like they would literally like do that, skip practice, come film with us. And it was like me and my friend, just like these two little queer kids, (laughs) like running the ship. So we weren't being bullied anymore. So that was good. But it was really dramatic when I had it, when I ended up in the principal's office for a video that I made with my friend at a sleepover. So that was ridiculous. And mm-hmm. my mom actually was really behind me with that. She yeah. was like, this is bullshit. You can't like, no, do not take this video down. This is creative. This is cr- like extracurricular. Nothing. Exactly. To do like th- this has nothing. I did not show this in school. You know, yeah. this, I didn't hand this in, in my, as my project. And even if I did, who cares? I'll post yeah. it online later. Okay? Yeah. It's high school. And Relax. if only they foresaw what was coming. <laughs> right. As in like your whole brand now, huge on YouTube. Oh my God. Mrs. Coleman was her name, actually. I bet hey, Mrs. Mrs. Coleman's Coleman. listening. This YouTube is so dumb. It's never going to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, she definitely knew something was coming, I feel. And she also was, I think she just was doing her job. She was scared that I would get yeah. in trouble or she would get in trouble, you know? Mm. But yeah, she sent me to the principal's office a few times. So, I was a very bad kid. So... Obviously, a lot of people really look for the overnight success with social media, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've posted like six times. Why have I not all got the I'm not got famous yet. Yeah, I'm not famous yet. I'm really interested. Like, how long were you posting? Consist- and I say posting or putting up videos like consistently before you really started seeing traction. I would probably say like a year, mm-hmm. probably a year or like two. Cause it really was like a hobby for me. Like there was no money when I started in social media and YouTube. There was Wasn't none of thing. that. No, you couldn't monetize your channel. Like it really was like just strictly for fun. And I feel like doing anything in the long run, like the vets, the OGs, the billionaires out there, everybody doesn't do it for the money. They might do something mm-hmm. really short term for the money. Like, oh yeah, I'll do that real quick. But the long term, like their passion yeah. isn't to monetize, isn't to be rich. And I feel like a lot of the time I've seen that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, sometimes it works, of course. You could be a millionaire if you just, you know, make a hobby out of something and really go hard. But it really needs to be something that you love. Yeah. It needs to be something that you're passionate about. And I'm so passionate about change. I'm passionate about acceptance and really like pushing the narrative forward. It really has, like, I transitioned years ago, but this is something that will remain with me until the day that I die. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we have so, so long to go and it's never over. So I feel like you just need to really stay with it. Don't start it for the money. If you really want to do it, find something that is like a niche audience and something that you really feel like you're good at and you're passionate behind. And also people don't, like really successful people don't really feel like it's work. They feel like Mm -hmm. it's fun. Yeah. Which is like, that's really hard to find a job like that. I get it. I've worked everywhere. I worked literally at McDonald's for my first job. So I get it, you know, but you got to really just find something that you find is fun. So we have a lot of our audience are growing social platforms. That's why I'm asking quite a few questions on this piece. And I'm, so you were saying you were doing a lot of jobs at the time and you weren't like monetizing. When was it at the point where you were like, oh, I can actually monetize and make a career out of this? Yeah, was what there a point when you realized it could actually be a job? There was. So my first trip, I was in high school, my first trip to um, New York City. It was for Fashion Week. And I was just like, what is my life? Like, like you got invited to Fashion got Week? invited, okay. yes. was going to a ton of shows. I was working one. And it was one of those things where it was me and my manager and I had like imposter syndrome for a really long time because I was like, 
I don't belong here. Like, I'm just a kid from the internet. Like, this is so crazy that I'm even allowed here. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm working it, getting paid to come, show up, post, all of those things that are so normalized now. It was not like that back then. So how old were you? I don't remember. Maybe like 17 or 18. So you were young. I was young and it was Kendall Jenner's first show. She walked in. Oh my goodness. Being with her and being like, oh my God, I know her. And they picked you up from social media? Yes. Okay. Yes. So so that was when, and that's when I met Amanda Lepore. So I was probably 18 when I met her to backtrack, transition when I was 19. But yeah, so I felt like that time I was like, I'm really working right now at McDonald's, but doing this on the side. What I thought this was just going to be a really fun trip. <laughs> this is hilarious. I know because this you're wouldn't happen nowadays, McDonald's, right? And then you're getting invited to. You're with Kendall Jenner, like, right. do you know my side? <laughs> Who's now like the number one paid model yeah, in the world? Wow. Yeah, it's insane. So I feel like that was when I was like, I need to put all my energy into this because this is really fun. And I've always wanted to move to LA. Like, mm-hmm. I would watch like The Hills growing up and just be like, That's that was why I moved too. Oh my god, I was like, well. <laughs> I mean, is it anything that you thought it would be on that show? No. no. <laughs> but <laughs> Me I, either. I didn't know it existed until I watched the show. And I remember being like, oh, I like this place. Palm trees. Okay, I'm going to go. The do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I really was like, I'm going to be LC or yes. Heidi Montag. Like, and then when I came for the first time for work, I came with my mom. And I think I was like... 19 or 18. I don't even remember, but she, and she and I were like, she was like, we got to take the bus. And I was like, I don't want to take the bus. (laughs) I don't think celebrities take the bus. bus. (laughs) So it was like a very, very grounding experience. So that, that moment went away very fast, but it was like when I first started working that I was like, wow, like I'm doing what I love and I'm getting paid to do it. And then things just kind of picked up from there. But I just feel like for people that are really just getting started, you need to keep it fun. You need Mm -hmm. to keep it in your brand. Like, I feel like anybody will really do things for a quick buck here and there. It's like, Hey, do you want to put your face on this? Hey, do you want to do this? It's like not without even making sure it aligns with your brand, like, or, or even really knowing their brand. It's like, Oh yeah, I do makeup. I'm like this person. It's like, well, no, you need to really like know your, know your stuff. How do you think people do that? I think by writing it down is a really good way to start, you know, writing down characteristics that you are, what you stand for, you know, products that you you live by or things that you want to see happen in the world. And also just trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it when you're approached with something, there is that reaction to the monetary value and of it all. And you're like, ooh, this could be good. But you know deep down in your gut if mm-hmm. it's not. And I think that's really important for people because money fades. But like your, your dignity does not, (laughs) it's only so long that you have that. So I'd say, hold on to that. But it's really important to just still have fun with everything. Like, even if it's maybe not the funnest thing that you're going to be doing, it's like, okay, I signed up for this and this, you know, aligns with me. So let's go out there and kill it. You have to, because the number one thing that's going to make you successful on social is consistency. And if you don't enjoy it, there's no way on earth you're going to be consistent. It's impossible. This is very true. And if you're not consistent with your values. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really influenced probably some of your success as well is like, you've been consistent with your values from the get go. Yeah. You know, if you go back to even your early videos, you're like transparent and authentic right from the get-go. And I feel like you're, you like lead with love. Like I feel like it, that really comes through in your videos and the stuff that you put out there. Like you have a big heart. And I think like that's part of your brand and what people see. And so I think like, you know, just like you were saying, I think 
things come and go, but if you don't have good foundational values, like you lose yourself in it. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to get bigger, to lose yourself if you don't like have those clear values of your brand and those foundations right at the beginning. It's true. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think a lot of people speaking about LA, they move here because a lot of the opportunities are here, but then they really do lose themselves within yeah. it. You know, like all of the parties, all of the pulling you this way, pulling you that way. It really, you really do kind of lose yourself over the mm-hmm. years, you know, like you'll, you'll hear all the time online, like, oh, you've changed mm-hmm. or like, oh, whatever. And sometimes I'm like, fuck that. Of course I've changed. It's been Mm. years. But a lot of the time it's like, Ooh, like that person has changed, you know, like for the word. And it's, and it's, it's sad, but it's true. I mean, it's, it's like the entertainment industry at the end of the day. It's like, we could be just doing YouTube videos, but like, it is basically like, we're, we're like movie stars because we're all, we're all on camera. But influencers are the new movie stars. They are the new celebrities. Mm -hmm. It's, it's changed so much. It hasn't just thinking about when you started, could you ever have imagined the world would look like this? I mean, I had wished that it would because every time I went like anywhere, it was like, what do you do? And I was like, Mm. I don't even know what I do. Like (laughs) I'm online. Yeah. They're like, like, are you a cam girl? (laughs) No, I don't do that. Pretty much everything else. (laughs) That is hilarious. No, like you you would never say I'm a YouTuber. Or like an influencer. Yeah. People people wouldn't believe you. They'd be like, oh, no, no, no. What does that mean? Um, What do you think now about the people that say, oh, YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, it's too saturated. There's not space. Oh, I feel like there's always space. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's extremely saturated. The beauty space, the sports, the gaming, the everything, it's all just a lot. But you will find an audience out there. You know, you just will. Like, you don't, you're not like anybody else. Like, I think that your best feature is being yourself because you're unique. And it's like, no one else is a Gigi Gorgeous. No one else is a boss babe. Like, no one else really does what you do. Could be similar. But the best thing that I always think of is like, if you're helping people, does it really matter? Like you could want to grow your channel. You could want to grow everything to the highest, highest, highest anything. And that's a great goal. Like, of course, you know, but just know if you don't reach your goal that day, that week, that month, whatever, you're still really helping people. And you're still like putting Mm. out that content, making people laugh or inspiring them, whatever. I think it's just really nice just to know that like you're doing what you want to do. Yeah. We always talk about the positive ripple effect. Like how, if we can just influence one person positively a day, and then perhaps that then means that, well, they feel a bit better about what they're doing that day or we've like cheered them up and then they pass it on to somebody else like you know for all they're like putting more positivity out in the world and I think there is a need for everyone to be responsible I'm not saying it's easy to show up like with a smile on your face every day it's fucking not right but if we all take responsibility for our emotions at time and mm-hmm. we be like careful like how we're interacting what we're putting out there like that then changes how that person interacts with the next person because we all know if someone's like sending us hate or like being mean to us or, and I mean, talking about like just people living in relationships with our rooms, whatever, like that, like you can push you in a bad mood because someone else you're mm-hmm. around is in a bad mood. Like, um, that's what we always try and do with our content. And, you know, like that's why sometimes it, like kind of we started this conversation. Like sometimes mm-hmm. the highlight reel is nice yep. in the sense of like, yeah, it can help spread positivity, but we also just want to remember like, that's not what life is like 
always. Right. And it's just remembering that, but still trying to be like, okay, I want to be responsible for my feelings. I don't want to make the world a better place. Yeah. And especially with influencers nowadays or entrepreneurs in general, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Oh, 1000%. You know? So yes. you need to stay positive. Like you were saying, it's like, it's, you are your own boss at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may have a manager, an agent, whatever above you, or helping you, but there is nobody above you, right? Yeah. Like you are your brand. So it is really all about staying consistent, having a great work ethic and just being your brand. No one else is your brand, but you, no one else is going to believe it as much as you do. So you better put on that face and believe it. Yeah. And so speaking of your brand, you're now a podcaster. Yes. How are you loving it? Oh, I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty new. I think we have like 15 episodes out okay. right now. But we upload every Wednesday. Okay. And the whole premise behind the podcast. You can so tell that you're a YouTuber. You're like, we upload every Wednesday. I'm consistent. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be there. It's like cringeworthy. I know. But I know. I love no, it. I mean, like, I want to know if anybody's we listening. We actually should share that because we never tell people when we upload. We I upload mean, on if, Tuesdays. <laughs> if they subscribe, right, they get notifications to their phone. Yeah. yeah but it's just but the way you good. said it, I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> that's not. Like, say that. She's definitely <laughs> she's a YouTuber. Yeah, exactly. She's a professional. Well, I really wanted to create create a safe space where people could really just speak their truth, right? And yeah. we tackle everything within the community. It's called queerified okay. for God's sakes. I so love it. when you listen, you really get queerified. You feel mm-hmm. like you leave a little bit more knowledgeable. You've learned something that you really never really thought you would from a podcast, but also it's kind of that kiki. Do you guys know what kikiing is? No. Okay. I'm like, okay, you guys taught me a British term. I'll teach you an American one, I guess. Okay. Okay, So kikiing is like when you're with your girlfriends, just having a cocktail and just like talking, gossiping. Kikiing? So you're kikiing. Kikiing? K-I-K-I. I I did not know that. It's very much a kiki. Like when you have like, we're kikiing right now. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So (laughs) it's very much that. And we answer questions. We have a hotline, Mm 1-844-QUERIES. And we take questions at the end of each podcast. So it's just, it's been really fun. I mean, I love to talk as you guys probably found out today. (laughs) And I always got in trouble for talking too much in school. So it's always been a problem. It came full circle. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to use this voice, honey. I was going to say bitch. (laughs) You can say I know. (laughs) So what's been your favorite interview so far and why? Well, we recently had Paris Hilton on. Casual. I mean, so not casual. (laughs) I have this set up in my house and she was the first person to come and record there. Mm -hmm. And she was just so great. I've loved her since The Simple Life. And she just is such a professional. She literally goes for this whole conversation we've said, you know, she knows her brand. She knows who she is. She she knew who she was years ago. She is so smart. When she started oh, this whole influencer thing. She basically Genius. started the industry. Right. <laughs> so she knew who she was. She is, it's not stubborn, it's smart. Mm, like it's, it's so true. And like, I just look up to her so much and like to call her a friend now is just beautiful. Like she's just so much fun mm-hmm. and she's just real. And I know we all know in this town, it can be really crazy with people and their two-facedness and just all the nastiness. But that was definitely like a dream come true. And I know it's like maybe not the coolest thing to fangirl over I your friends. I think that is very cool. Well, to people, sometimes people are like, oh yeah, my friend. But it's like, no, I'm a fan of so I many people. I fangirl over so many of my friends. We do it all the time. We're That's like, like a beautiful thing. Like I will never lose that. And no. I love hearing that. 
I'm oh my like, god. I'm the worst as well. I'm like, oh my god. I know. Yeah, like, can we have a photo <laughs> now? <laughs> um, are you manifesting any kind of guests? Like anyone that would be the, your ideal dream guest Ooh, that, that we can put out question. into the universe? Okay, yeah. I I definitely have a list. Okay. But I am a manifester, but like a silent one oh, because okay, I'm I like I'm scared that it'll get jinxed. Oh, uh, okay. But you guys got aren't it. like that. No, no. You just say it. Say no, everything. I literally declared that I wanted to be Ellen DeGeneres earlier. <laughs> yeah, on a podcast, she was like, "I'm going to get into TV." Like, great. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's just put it out there. <laughs> right. Well, she's stepping down. <laughs> well, right. Maybe a little bit empty for me, yeah. but <laughs> give me a little bit You're more like, time. Let's go through the ages of us. <laughs> yeah. Like, how far apart are we? That's very well, true. No, but also, like, I feel like I need a little bit more experience. You need to actually, you know, be on TV once. Right. <laughs> to start. Right. <laughs> to well, start you guys talk. I mean, yeah. I feel like... How can it be? Right. <laughs> I mean, I live... I really do believe in manifesting. I'm not, like, much of a spiritual person, like I said, but I feel like it does work. It does. Oh, 100%. Like, the more you think it. I feel like there's two parts to it as well. There's, like, manifesting in the sense of, like, I don't believe that you just say it and you close your eyes and then it happens but I feel like if you say it you then start looking out for the opportunity mm-hmm. and you think differently or you say it and then someone else might have a conversation or in your case you can write in your book but you know like whatever I feel like sometimes it's just like you look for things and well if I want to make this happen you're subconsciously like how can I make this happen right and it's also like the law of attraction too yeah. like oh, yes. I feel like that was like the craziest thing to me when I heard that I was like oh my god like that Makes book sense. The Secret, Secret. Mm-hmm. that was I, my intro to that I really so feel like that was like one of the craziest things, but it really does make sense. Like the more you say it, the more you look out for it. And the more like things just start happening that you're like, oh my God, like what? I've been so thinking about that or like yeah. that's been so apparent in my brain. Have you read Joe Dispenza's work? No. Oh, he like really breaks down like the science as well of um, like laws of attraction and talks about like frequencies and kind of a little bit. Like, the secret touches on it as well, but it's like an- another level around quantum physics. But oh it's, my like, God, talk it about really, Oh my God, you'd be upset. Really, I would. No, you really will. And it's like, it's so interesting around like vibrations. And I think we're really naive to think that everything we see is only what exists. Mm-hmm. And when you start letting go around like, oh, well, actually there's like, you know, even like infrared lights. If you start even thinking about the different lights or even the fact that you can have a whistle that a dog can hear, but humans can't hear. Once you start opening up to that, I feel like everyone's like, oh, hang on a minute. Like anything is possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> and, oh my God, I heard that we only use like 5% of our brain. Or something? Yeah. Is it ten percent? I don't know. Did you get that off the film Limitless? Because I felt like I got it. From Maybe that. I don't <laughs> or know. Or like Inception or something. It is ten percent. Oh my god, it is Limitless. I think. <laughs> yeah, because they take the drug for it. Yes, and oh my god, there was one um, with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Lucy, I think. Oh, I'm not yes. sure. She's unlocking yes. percents of her brain. Yeah. Yep. That is crazy. Because it's that movie. true, and she's like moving shit with her like brain, and it's like, I could think we that do will that? Be us. I think that will be us sooner than we think. <sighs> that is so scary, but so everything. I bet in 20 years' time, we'll be there. Hey, this is turning into a Joe Rogan podcast. I know. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my God. God. Has any other conspiracies you want to talk about? <laughs> oh, my I goodness. I know, Joe. We're coming up. I'll be the new Joe. You'll be the new Ellen. Please. Okay, and done. <laughs> and I'll come on both your shows. <laughs> I'm manifesting that. <laughs> Deal. Oh my goodness. Gigi, you have been the best guest. This has been such a fun interview. I have one last, last question before yeah, we round out. For sure. We are obsessed with morning routines. Do you have one? And if do, if you do, Shep, that's I, me. <laughs> I do. Okay. I actually really do. So I get up 
pretty much every single day before my husband. I go downstairs, get what some time? Starbucks. Oh gosh, I'm so bad. Probably like nine or 10. That's fine. <laughs> I don't you like work out or anything. No. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I sleep until like noon. It's very bad. What time do you go to bed? Ah, uh, depends. If I'm out like really late. Yeah. But probably like midnight. Okay. I mean, I've been watching a lot of like Squid Game recently. I've, I've not seen that. Oh my I did God, one episode. I did one episode and I was like, Oh, it is- only gets good after like two. Yeah. Hello. Okay. We're getting Miss thumbs producer up. knows what's up. Yeah. We're getting thumbs up in the studio. It's so good. Okay. It's so good. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of that. I mean, okay. So when I wake up, whenever I wake up, I mean, if I have a job or anything, it's probably very early because I need to glam. Let's be real. You guys know how that is. I get go downstairs, coffee first thing and feed my cats and then shower. Is that kind of the morning routine you wanted? Yeah, That's like yeah. so basic. No, I love it. When so you shower and get on with the day. Yeah, yeah. I love I like it. That. Do you look at your phone straight away or no? I do. I feel like, honestly, though, do you guys feel like when you wake up and you see like so many text messages and emails and all that, you just sit and sit in bed and you have to play catch up? Like if someone's up earlier than you, yeah. they sent you something or this email thread that you're oh, late to. So I used to be on British time. I was eight oh, hours in ahead of Natalie. In the early days in of the our relationship. Days of babe. So she was in LA. I was in the UK. Then she persuaded me to move to LA. I was not someone that ever wanted to live in LA, but okay. I'm glad I moved. She spent <laughs> she a year here, then she freaking left to Austin, left me. So three hours. Three yeah, hours so difference. So now she's ahead of two. me. Two. Yeah. two. So I wake I up two. and I'm like, oh, You think goodness. it's two, I'm dying. It's two, it's two. So that I wake is so up bad. and then I'm feeling unproductive because she's already sent me a mountain of boxes <laughs> or slacks or emails and I'm like, oh my God, there's so much to do. So, I've been trying to pass it by putting my workouts in now. And in, I go to Orange Theory and I used to go to the gym and then I'd be on my phone trying That's to like, thing now. oh, so you guilty. can't multitask when you're at the gym. You have to really go in. At That's Orange what theory? my friends say. Orange Theory, you can barely breathe, let alone multitask. Right. They work you hard. Right. I don't think I'm built for that. And then you just get to it after because then you're yeah. not really working out if you're so on your I've phone. To, yeah. That's what I do because everything can wait. Like not every, unless I something is very time sensitive, of course, get to it. But I just really noticed, like, I don't want to sit in bed and play catch up. I yeah. want to just, like, wake up first a little bit. Yeah. And then really get into it yeah. when I'm, like, really alert and, like, able to, like, when I want to get into it, you know? So, like, maybe 30 minutes after yeah, I wake like up. Just, like, a little yeah. bit of time. Yeah. Because, like, unless, I, then I'll just sit in bed all day. Just, and it's <laughs> yeah, just. it's endless. It feels like all day when it's only, like, an hour. But, yeah, I hate that feeling. I love it. Well, listen, I know there's going to be so many of our listeners going, how can I get more GG in my life? Yes. <laughs> So can you share your handles, the podcast, like all the things? Just give them everything. We'll link it below as well. Okay. I'm Gigi Gorgeous off of everything. Except Twitter, I am the Gigi Gorgeous. What? Someone took Gigi Gorgeous Someone took I mean, a while ago. How I really, rude. I'm not that active on Twitter, I will say. But I do go on once in a while. Um, and my podcast is called Queerified with Gigi Gorgeous and Mimi. And you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And that's what I'm working on right now. Thank you, Gigi. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, girls. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you subscribed and left us a review. Let us know what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and who you'd like to see appear on the show. As a special thanks, we'll send you a copy of our Boss Babe 25. Now this is an awesome resource. It's the 25 essential things that you need for personal and professional growth. We've included everything from must-have products to books to rituals. This guide literally covers it all and I know you're going to love it. So if you want your copy, simply leave us a review 
and then send a screenshot of your review to podcast at bossbabe.com. <laughs>